fear itself, the top nine fears inhibiting success, and how to conquer them. You might be thinking of the famous quote of Franklin D. Roosevelt. What you might not know is that Napoleon Hill was actually the one who coined it. Nine basic fears cause people to take the safe routes in life instead of the effective difference maker route. Like the speech, this book will help you develop the mindset that our fears are in fact nothing more than false expectations appearing real. By addressing each of the major fears through stories and examples, you'll forge the mind with a newfound perspective and clear the barriers to success. Fear number one, fear of the bad idea. Somebody else has probably already thought of it. Quite counterintuitively for some, this isn't true simply because the multitude believes it. Most people don't make the effort to investigate their idea before because they figure someone else would have already have thought of it. As such, many great ideas get shelved in the attics of our minds because one thinks them impossible. This is exactly why there are so many opportunities for those of us willing to think optimistically and investigate when struck by a moment of inspiration. Secondly, most people, even when handed a viable opportunity, even one which has been proven to work, which is much more than just an idea that hasn't been tested or even researched yet, the average Joe defeats himself before he even starts because of thoughts like this one. He thinks it must be a scam or believes the age-old maxim, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. He finds every possible reason why the odds might be stacked against him. He has an inferior location, he hasn't the connections of his competitors, etc. He is stuck in the matrix. His mind is not free. Pay him no mind. Thirdly, the fact that failure rate of a startup is 90% after 5-10 to 10 years, translate for your own endeavor, convinces the masses that it's a chance not worth taking. Expected payoff V. However, they forget to figure the stakes into the equation. Let me give you a little geeky math that sounds harder than it is. However, if your eyes seem to glaze over, this is the hardest part of the entire book. So just skip to Doubting Thomas a few pages up and come back later. There, Say there is a 20% chance of an idea being good. Then we're going to say P equals 20.2. Which means the chance that it is a bad idea is 80% and that you lose your money, which is 1 minus P equals 0.8. The money you would expect to make on this idea is V, which equals P times G plus 1 minus P times L. Written out in words, this means that the expected profit, V, equals how often you win, which is P, times how much you win when you win, which is G, the gain, plus how often you lose, 1 minus P, times how much you lose when you lose, L, for loss. For example, let's say you have an idea to create a product like the Snuggie. Let's estimate the good outcome or gain, G, is that a million people buy it and you make $10 million. And that if they don't, you lose your time and money, which is L, that you invested. Say $100,000 to create the product, prototype, infomercial, and buy airtime, etc. If 90% of businesses fail, that means that P equals 10%. So our equation becomes V equals 10% times 
times $10 million plus 90% times negative $100, negative $100,000, which equals 1 million minus 90,000, which equals $910,000. 10% of 10 million is a million. 90% of 100,000 is 90,000. So you take your 1 million, you subtract 90,000, and you get 910,000. That's what V is. That's your expected payout per infomercial product or per business idea that you might attempt given these numbers. This means that this is your expected payout on average per product try. However, this also means you lose nine times and succeed one out of 10 tries. 90% of the time you'd get the $100,000 loss. So after doing 10 different ideas, 10 different trials, your results could look like this. Trial one, negative 100,000. Trial two, negative 100,000. All the way down to, neg to number nine, you've tried nine times and they're all negative $100,000 bets. 90% fail rate with a $100,000 trial cost. And then the 10th try, you win and it succeeds and you make 10 million. If you did have the staying power to get through all 10 trials, your profit would be $9.1 million after it's all said and done. This would average, divide by 10 to yes, 910,000 profit per try, as I've mentioned. But imagine the scenario playing out. It might not be until the last try, as it was in this example, that you hit the winner and that you would be negative $900,000 with a 90% chance of losing on the 10th try as well. Most likely wondering if this infomercial thing was a good risk to take. Most people would consider the first nine tries as proof that it's a terrible business investment. It is these odds that seem to dominate the decision-making process instead of looking at the numbers and knowing you have an expected average profit per trial of a whopping positive $910,000 of gain per trial. If you keep playing long enough to let the numbers average out, that's the whole key. Couple of points here. Number one, one shouldn't write off a long shot endeavor simply because you're 90% likely to lose your money. One has to take the stakes, how much you could gain versus how much you need to risk for that gain into account too. Number two, one should plan for taking twice the number of tries it might take to achieve one's success. For example, if success rate is 10%, plan to take 20 shots. Furthermore, one ought to have the conservative mindset and self-control to only invest 10% or less of one's total capital allocated for startup, which would be high-risk capital, um, into a business. For instance, if you have $100,000 total, that means the maximum you should be investing into a startup or high-risk investment would be $10,000 total. And that 10000 is divided into 20 shots of $500 each. So $500 each on different things, understand? Don't risk your whole bankroll, 100000 on a high-risk play, even if it is a high reward. Plan for the failures you're likely to experience, so you will always have reserves on hand for your next shot. Fourthly, beware the doubting Thomas. This is a phrase I picked up from Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich. It's kind of outdated, but I like the ring to it. I suppose the fact that the name Thomas is so formal, you know, that anyone who would be going by that name these days would probably be too afraid to do anything too remarkable. You know what I mean? Like, no, 
Please call me Thomas. Tom and Tommy are just too whimsical for me. Before you ask anyone for their opinion on your idea, also ask yourself, have they been successful at something similar to what I'm trying to do? Have they known me a long time? If the answer to the first is no, and you ask them anything, they're going to tell you the answer that validates their own path and their own results. Toe the line, get a job, climb the ladder like everyone else. You're basically asking for a kick to the gut of your idea and future potential. People who haven't achieved much are quick to defend their safe, conventional existence, despite thousands of counterexamples. You can't blame them. It's all they know. They, in most cases, think that they are saving you from a life of ruin, disappointment, and heartbreak. Unfortunately, parents can sometimes fall into this category. We get used to going to our parents for wisdom and advice because they often lead us in the right direction. And there comes a point, though, where we need to admit that they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to our business, what we do. We have the experience that brought us to our idea, and we must remain steadfast in our convictions until our own research and data prove otherwise. If you must test the idea, go to a group of people you are thinking of selling to and ask if they want a whiz-bang or whatever it is you'd like to make for that niche. <laughs> ask how much they'd pay for it, then charge triple, and make the best damn whiz-bang they ever had. P.S. I find whiz-bang a way cooler term than widget. <laughs> Why make a widget when you can make a whiz-bang? Am I right? <laughs> Sounds smarter and like it'd be some sort of cool, fun gadget toy robot tank that shoots fireworks or something. Okay, okay. Let's quiet down, everyone. You're so immature. You've reached the end of fear number one. Please proceed to fear number two.